Hey friends and welcome to the Friends of a Feather podcast, a podcast in which you will walk away encouraged by hearing my friends' stories that I share. I am Wren, and if this is the first time you've tuned in or if you've been joining in for a while, I'm so glad you're here. As women, we need to build each other up to encourage each other. Each week, I get to chat with a friend who has a story to tell, a dream that she's pursuing, or a passion to share with you. Let's get to today's episode with my guest, Bailey T. Hurley. Bailey is a wife to Tim, mom to Hunter, and a little girl on the way. She's an avid reader, a community builder, blogger, writer, and speaker in the Denver area. Bailey invites women to creatively build rooted community in their corner of the world. In this episode, we talk about being a community builder. She gives us tips on being a great friend and how she does that practically. I also asked her about this quote she wrote about in an article in the Dearly magazine. Bailey said, Truly, every woman is a community builder, but she just needs to be empowered to make some friendship moves with the resources and talents she already has. Goodness, I love that. Bailey has the sweetest soul and motivates me to be more intentional with those around me. She uses her gifts by being an encouraging bright light, and her smile is contagious. We just had the best time together. I'm sure if I lived in Denver, we would be the best of friends. Okay, let's get to it. Here's my conversation with Bailey. Well, welcome to the podcast, Bailey. Thanks, Ren. I'm excited to have you here. I'm excited to be here. Thank you so much for scheduling time for me. I know that you are a busy lady and you have a three-year-old. Is that correct? He's two and a half, so he's on his way to three. Okay, on his way to three. And you have a baby on the way? Yes, we're like two months out. Oh, that's great. That's great. Mm -hmm. So I'm so glad. I really wanted to have you on the podcast. And I was like, I better get her on there now because (laughs) she's about to have a baby and she's going to be really busy. Not that you're not busy now, but you'll just be a little bit uh, differently busy. And so I'm glad that we could make this work out. Me too. Yeah. Okay. So if somebody doesn't know Bailey, tell us a little bit about you and your family. I kind of touched on it a little bit and then what you do. Yeah, absolutely. So I live in Denver, Colorado with my husband, Tim. We've been married for almost four years and our son, Hunter, who's two and a half. And then we're having a little girl named Liv in the middle of March. Her due date is St. Patrick's Day. So we'll see. Hunter came on his due date. So we'll see if she is as timely as him. So that's kind of what makes up our family. Um, we have been in the Denver area for Tim for almost a decade and me for like almost six years. And we don't have a lot of family out here, um, but we have just made ourselves a little family out here um, with our church community, with our neighbors. So I feel like, what do I do? I feel like in the day-to-day, I'm a mom. So mm. I stay at home with Hunter. Yeah. And we just get to do all sorts of fun things. He still doesn't go to preschool or anything like that. So we hang out and we get to have play dates with our neighbors or walk to the park or, you know, go to a coffee shop or try to get outside and and go on a hike or something. And then at the same time, I feel like collectively as a family, we're on mission to just build up a really deep rooted thriving community. And so that's with like, we lead a small group weekly in our home for over two years um, with the same men and women. And then also just really, um, I think actively engaging our neighbors. So with being a stay at home mom, I can invite my, you know, elderly neighbor over for tea on a Tuesday because that's what my schedule allows. Um, And so I think that 
I don't know. So I think that's a part of what we do. But at the same time, I also write and speak and get the opportunity to invite women of all ages to participate in building community for themselves. Um, And so that can either be, you know, through a formal structure of their leading a small group or they are leading a women's Bible study or, you know, they're serving on a ministry team or just more informal, which is I think more my style of this every day, who are you crossing paths with um, to really reach out and love them well? Okay. Okay. So like I said, you're really busy (laughs) and I think (laughs) that that's great. And you do write and you do also speak. Is that correct? Mm -hmm. Okay. And so you talked about a little bit about your neighbors of that you're a stay at home mom. So Mm -hmm. Hunter, he does go to a babysitter when you do need to do appointments and things like that. Yes, he goes to a babysitter two mornings a week okay. um, because there is just no, <laughs> there is no room to do anything otherwise. Yeah, yeah, I can imagine. I remember those days of two, two and a half, and uh, going on three. So I understand that. That's great. That's good for you though for two mornings a week to do th- those things that you need to get done. And mm-hmm. um, so, okay, so you talked about a little bit just now about building community with your neighbors. So tell me a little bit about how you started to reach out to neighbors. That's a hard mm-hmm. step. How yeah. did you do it? Um, so what's great is we moved in the spring when we first moved to our neighborhood. So it was already warm weather and everyone's outside. And so it is really being intentional of when I saw them in their yard of going over, introducing ourselves, getting their phone number, giving them our phone number. And then pretty quickly after that, being able to text them and say, hey, would you want to go on a walk, you know, in the morning? Mm. And so it's really that. And for the most part, none of them have said no. So that's great. That's really Um, good. We, but I'll admit we have some neighbors who are just a little more standoffish or maybe just busy. So when we have those neighbors, we, for holidays, we always try to take things around and drop them off or knock on the door if they're home. And I think that that has been Again, like God orchestrates that in the way that he does, because sometimes like you never hear anything. And another time um, we had dropped off candy. I don't even know why. Maybe just for fun. Um, We dropped off candy at our neighbor's doorsteps um, just within the block. And our next door neighbor, we saw her out later and she came over and with tears in her eyes Mm. because her dog had just passed away and she just was like I felt so loved and known and I just Mm. needed you know she's like I was just feeling sad and I Mm. just felt very loved by that and that's not again I'm like that's not something we were intentionally trying to do and our hearts were just like Hunter you need an activity like let's go (laughs) take these things around yeah so but you never know the impact of what that can do yeah and and what is it and it's training Hunter as a two and a half year old of that's just what we do Hunter this is what we do so that's a great I mean I think a life tip a life hack for mamas as um, we're staying home and if we need something that are to teach our children but not even I mean just to show love to our neighbors and then they're catching that they are seeing Mm -hmm. that and what a practical way to do that that is something so simple I know when I Um, When we first, or a neighbor just first moved in a few months ago, we took her something, and 
then the next like day she brought us something. I was like, you just moved in. You don't have to bring us something. But it was so sweet. And we've texted back and forth. And we, after the new year, we said we were going to go to lunch sometime. And I thought, instead of go to lunch, I think I'm just going to ask her to my house. I mean, we're neighbors. Yeah. So she's yeah. right here. I'm right here. Let's just do it here. So anyway, I love that you um, do that. Encourage um, us to reach out to neighbors and to have that community around us. Mm-hmm. And it just takes, I mean, it's hard sometimes, but sometimes yeah, it's really it not is. of just, mm-hmm. just doing something simple. Like you said, you just brought candy over or baked cookies or slice and bake cookies. It doesn't have to be anything um, huge, but just that mm-hmm. little bitty step of us saying, Hey, we care. We love you. We mm-hmm. want to, we want to know you. Yeah. And I think it can be so many things. If you're busy, if you're like working, you know, full time and you're a mother or, you know, there's a lot of things on your plate. I think one of the best things you can do is be paying attention to what's kind of happening in the neighborhood and dropping off notes. So again, I think that's another really simple way. And so for example, our neighbor across the street, her, she has kids at home and like two are about to graduate and go to college. And so like, we might not be close enough that she's like inviting us to a graduation party or we've ever done dinner together or anything really intimate, but just dropping a note in her mailbox while we're on a walk to say like, I'm so excited for your kid's journey. You know, like I, like I, I'm so proud of them and what a great job you've done as their mother. Like if you get, if you feel like an empty nester later next fall, like just call on me and I'll come over. So I think it's, you know, kind of just paying attention a little bit to the the details and dropping off congratulation notes or, you know, and just a lot of different things. So um, we had another neighbor, she like got in a car accident. And so we, you know, just were like, we're so sorry about your car accident. And, you know, I think just really simple things. They feel like they are, known maybe without that face-to-face connection if you can't do if you can't do that if your schedule doesn't allow that I like it and also noticing because I mean how would you know she had a car accident unless you saw the wreck yes, exactly. or you know you, you have to be paying attention yeah mm-hmm. yeah so that's really good that's good okay so let's take let's go back to <laughs> okay I know about your story a little bit about you <laughs> moved to Denver to go to mm-hmm. seminary mm-hmm. and Within after graduating seminary, within I think it's fourteen months that you met, married your husband, or maybe just married. You knew him, married, and then had your first baby. Tell me about this. This sounds so exciting. Oh gosh, exciting is one way to put it. What's really funny is, I mean, I was pretty young. Um, when how old was I? I was probably twenty three or something when I met Tim. But it happened so fast. So before that, I really, truly, even at my young age, I felt content being single. And I'd even had had the conversation with the Lord of, you know what, I'm actually really okay if I if I don't find a relationship, if I don't get married. Because at that point, I felt like the Lord's work in, I think, my gifts or my education. And even um, I felt in the way he was leading my hand in like vocation, I was like, it's actually okay. Like this is so fulfilling. And not everyone feels that way. And then there's a lot of ups and downs. But I think I felt like, oh, this is so fulfilling that I'm okay. okay. And then like the next week, I probably met Tim. So <laughs> that's always how it is, right? <laughs> it's always how it is. Always. Okay, and so you meet him. Met him and we, so we did not know each other. There was not a friendship before, but we met at church in like a really fast romance. So we dated for four months and got engaged. And then our engagement was another seven months. So from like the time we met to the time we got married, it had been a year. Yes. And then we ended up having a baby very quickly. That was unplanned. (laughs) And so we 
you know, I, so we had our one year anniversary and I think I was like two or three months out from having Hunter. Wow. Um, and then we welcomed a baby into our family. So I felt like I went honestly in a year and a half, like people, uh-huh. I'm sure they never said it, expressed it, but I know they probably felt it. I'm just like, who is Bailey? Because before I was like, eh, children, maybe, I don't know, not really. Uh-huh. And even like, I'm not getting married. I don't want children just to like within a year, not even a year, you're right, like 14 months. Oh. I was like, I'm married. We bought a house. I have a baby. Like <laughs> I graduated from seminary. I, um, wow. you know, all the above. So that it was is, a lot of transition. Yeah, I can imagine. Okay. So go back to when you did get a degree in seminary in leadership. Tell me, mm-hmm. how did you make that decision to go to seminary? What was, what was that decision? What did that look like? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So in undergrad, my degree was in rhetoric and leadership, which is pretty vague. Um, and so a lot of people were going on to law school or some kind of graduate program and the guiding hand of a mentor is really what led me to seminary, which is shocking because I had never once considered it in my entire life, which is surprising. Now I think what else would I, would I have done? Um, and so I was, um, kind of pursuing, um, law school and was having conversations with some of the faculty. And just every time I was like, this is not right. I don't have peace here. I would leave in tears of thinking, I don't want to take these types of classes. I don't want to do these types of things and put in this work. Um, and so I met with a mentor and he was just like, okay, here's the deal. If you don't go now, at some point in your life, like I see you attending seminary. So give it a thought, see what you think. And at that point, still really loved leadership and thought maybe one day I would, you know, write a book on leadership and things like that. So it worked out well that I loved Colorado. Denver Seminary had a program in leadership. And so went to pursue that um, and ag- agreed. It That education was beyond anything I could have asked for. And I'm so grateful, even though sometimes I'm like, I'm not in a professional ministry now, or I'm not, I, I don't have a job. Um, that, you know, some people might think, oh, was it just a waste? Like, absolutely not. It was so worth it. And how did you get from leadership? I mean, I think that helps when you're talking about friendships and community and doing your ministry that you are involved with and writing articles and speaking. I feel Mm -hmm. like that, I mean, leadership, that, that's huge. I mean, everybody could use that. I mean, mm-hmm. everybody. How did you know after graduating that you mm-hmm. really had this heart for just cultivating friendships and encouraging women, other women to do that, and also just with community? How did you know you had that in you? Um, I don't think I did. And I see little connector pieces now um, where when I was graduating, I really wanted to pursue leadership consulting specifically with organizational culture. And so had really felt like that was a passion of mine to help leaders create these really, again, like life-giving, fruitful, effective cultures for the workplace. And specifically, again, kind of seeing Christian principles while being applied to maybe the secular business world. And so I think when I graduated again, I was, when I graduated, I was nine weeks pregnant with Hunter and we'd already decided I wasn't going to go back to work because I was working at a nonprofit 
And so at the same time, I thought, okay, I still have this rhetoric background. Like, I'd love to do public speaking. How do I get my foot in the door? Probably need some something to talk about. Um, and so, <laughs> as I, so as I asked friends and family members, just saying, what do you think I'm good at? Like, what would you, why would, what would you come to me for advice? Like, what, yeah, what do you think I'm experiencing? And a lot of people said, I think friendship, or I love how you host people, or mm. I love the way you do this. And I thought, oh, I've never thought about that, but it makes so much sense. So I think it was other people identifying things okay. in me and then also kind of saying like, oh my gosh, like what the Lord has totally interwoven community and friendship in my entire life. Mm. Like this is an inexhaustible topic. It's so important. Um, this feels like the right thing. Yeah. Well, and how vulnerable that is to ask friends and say, hey, what do you think I'm good at? I mean, I'd be like, are there, are there going to be crickets? Like, you know, like, but how vulnerable and how sweet that you called on your friends and say, you know me best. Tell me what what you feel like God has gifted me with. And mm-hmm. I want to read, that is so funny, because I want to read a quote that you had in the article Rooted Community in the Dearly Magazine that you write mm-hmm. for. Um, sometimes, and you said, truly every woman is a community builder, but she just needs to be empowered to make mm-hmm. some friendship moves with the resources and talents she already has. Mm-hmm. Okay, so how, this is my question, how does a woman know what resources and talents she has, and you just answered that earlier, with you ask your friends, mm-hmm. what is another way that she can know what talents she has? Yes, I think it's going ahead, taking a step back. I'm a big journaler, so for me, I'd be like, journal this. But really, I think you make some space, even if it's 20 minutes, to say, what do I have? You know, is it, I, for, is it you know, right in the season, I have an open schedule, so I'm available. Or is it, right now, I have some extra finances? You know, could I host some dinners? Could I, you know, pour those into things? So I think it is really saying like, okay, what are my like tangible resources? But then also what are my intangible like tools? Mm-hmm. Um, and so things more like I'm a prayer warrior or I really, th- I, I love and enjoy prayer. So what, what does that look like for my friendships? Or I really enjoy crafting. I don't know. That's more of a tangible, but sometimes I wish I had the spirit of crafting. Um, I'm so I have the ideas. I can't actually make anything happen, but just, (laughs) but just, I think like, you know, do I have the gift of encouragement? Do I have the gift of service? Do I have the gift of just, you know, willing to say yes to people when they ask me to do things? Um, and then I think being able to say, okay, these things are really important and they're valuable in building community. Like everyone can bring something to the friendship table. And so I think seeing what those things are and then starting to put those into practice because you don't have to do everything. If your friend does it one way, you don't have to do it that way. Like let her love people, I think, with her strengths and you love people with yours. Um, But then it's so funny because I was talking with someone about like parenting books where it's like they're sometimes there seems so obvious, but you just have to sit down and have someone tell you this is how you like have conversations at your table with your kids. Mm-hmm. And you're like, oh, that's such a no-brainer. But I needed this book to just kind of tell me so that I'm like, oh, yeah, I can do that too. Yes. I feel about community. Like they're – I'm not inventing any – like I'm not reinventing the wheel or anything like that. But it's just almost having someone that, like champion you and yes. remind you that, yes, like you are a community builder. Like you can 100% do this and you know these things. But let me just remind you um, yes. that – 
that you have this. You have tools. You have resources right now. You don't have to reinvent something or say, okay, I'm going to have to become a professional chef and host a fancy dinner once a month. Do this. I'm like, no, just do what you're already doing. Um, And I think that those things will give you life when it comes to building community. But then also I think people just need, I think, that active participation in community to build them up as well. Yeah. And I love how that is what your Instagram and your website and your blog are about because I feel like when we go there, we are uplifted. We are, we feel champion to go (laughs) out there and talk to our neighbor and invite them to come over for lunch or to text them Mm -hmm. and uh, to establish that community with them. Or like you said, in a small group at church or to be involved. Mm -hmm. Um, And I love that about, about you and about your ministry. Um, You created a devotional Mm -hmm. called creating space to connect. And this Mm -hmm. is really resonating with me right now because my phrase of the year, everybody usually picks a word. (laughs) Some people do. I don't know. Some people might not. I have a friend that she picks a word of the year and a scripture to go with that, which Mm -hmm. I thought that was kind of neat. Um, And then kind of teach your kids that as well. But I have a phrase that I was reading Ann Voskamp's um, The Greatest Gift Christmas devotional and it just popped out at me this Christmas season and I was like that is it that's what I want to do in my heart um and it's create space so Mm. for you to have this devotional I feel like I need to get it so tell me (laughs) it's called creating space to connect which that Mm -hmm. is actually two of my my personal kind of word of the year, my word of phrase is um, make space, but then my goal for the podcast is to create more community. Mm. So it's kind of, I'm like totally need this devotion, Um, (laughs) but creating space to connect. Tell me, who is this written for? Why Mm -hmm. did you write it? And what is it about? Yes. So it is written for women. And I think it's specifically for women who feel stressed or frazzled, or I don't even know if that's a word, frazzled. Oh, yeah. You get what I mean. Oh, yeah. Um, Uh, Or just like nervous, fearful, anxious, I think, about connecting with other women. Mm. Um, And I think there are so many different insecurities um, or lies, I think, that can stop us from really, um, yeah, I think, jumping into a friendship or jumping into connecting with others. And so this is two parts of creating space in your heart before you create space to connect, whether that's in your home, your apartment, a coffee shop. Um, that part is, is you know, is up to you. But I think specifically when we do community, like we have to be filled up with the Lord's love. Otherwise, it just like it is tiring and exhausting and burns you out. And it doesn't feel good um, or it can feel forced or whatever it might be for you. Um there is a piece of being able to come before you do host something or before you go to a luncheon or before you have a coffee date to say, Lord, I need time with you. Like I need to be with you to be able to give me, you know, a listening ear to be able to give me, um, you know, a kind of a servant heart to ask them good questions and listen to their story and hear them and their thoughts, you know, give me compassion. Um, I think filling up all those things that you need to have this really great experience to connect with someone. Um, it comes from again, yeah, finding that place with the Lord first. So yeah, so creating space to get away, to connect with God, 
so that then you can more aptly connect with other people. And so it's a little bit of a devotional walking you through of like, why is that important? Like, why do you need to be filled with, with the spirit before you do that? And then another piece of it is just kind of how do you create a welcoming space in your home to receive people as well. And so it takes a little bit of that and like takes a little bit of heart and also a little bit of tangible as well to make things I think welcoming for people. Um, and then, but mostly it's the heart. That is good. That is a good word. And you know, I think that just describing the devotional work guide that you wrote, that describes you, I feel like. I feel like that <laughs> describes your ministry and your Instagram and your blog and your mm-hmm. website because you're, yes, go to Jesus. You need to be filled with Jesus. Mm-hmm. And then here are some practical ways of doing that and putting yes. it into practice. And that's, I think that's why people connect with you online, <laughs> even not even knowing you because of that. Yes, and it's so funny that, as someone who really enjoys hosting, um, specifically like in our home, that's our resource right now is I'm at home with Hunter and we have a home, um, is that like these ugly, like things pop up out of nowhere. And I know it is from an empty, like it's from an empty soul. Like it is from an empty dry place because I haven't been investing in scripture. I haven't been in prayer And I like wrote about this recently, but we were having people over and every, we have our group every Wednesday night and every Wednesday night, because it's been chilly, we make coffee and tea and we like set out all the cups and we were doing something a little different. We were just like doing a dinner or something like that. And I, Tim was starting to like get the coffee mugs out and starting to make the coffee. And I was like, I'm not, we're not serving coffee tonight. Like, what are you doing? And he's just like, that's such a polite thing to offer. Like people might want a cup, even if one person would want it, we should make it. Mm. And I was just like, in my mind, I was like so mad. I was mad that I was going to wash the dishes. I was mad that he was like doing that. I don't, everything about it. I was just getting really bitter about mm. making coffee for people. And <laughs> I just, and you know, I paused and I'm like, this is totally kind of the enemy at work, you know, creating a little bit of, I think, distance and like a barrier and just like receiving people, but almost with bitterness of like, Mm. I don't, my spirit is not welcoming you here. Um, Like there's something going on, even with the smallness of a coffee pot, that's kind of like, yeah, I don't want you to feel comfortable and stay long. Like (laughs) I want you in and out. Um, (laughs) Move it along. (laughs) And so like, I, so I get it whenever people are like, oh, you, you guys are just so great at that. I'm like, well, no, it really is that time with the Lord that helps us to do this because otherwise all the, all the negative feelings you have with hosting, like those are real for everybody. Um, and so it is definitely coming to, and, and I often take trips to the bathroom to like pray to just Mm. kind of be like, Ooh, I need a deep breath because I'm feeling lots of things. I'm feeling, um, maybe like insecure and closed off and people are asking questions and I'm short with them and I don't really want them to know what's going on. Mm. And so just kind of excusing myself to say like, Lord, that is totally, again, kind of like an act of the enemy. The enemy Mm. hates when we connect. Mm -hmm. He hates when we're like thriving from quality, deep rooted friendships and just being like, okay, like I rec, I recognize it. I see you enemy. And like right now I need to pause and I need to ask God to help me go back out there and like, kind of like, Put, put my big girl pants on, like put my like hospitality pants on and go back out there and try again because yeah. whatever's been happening in these first 20 minutes, it's like, it's not working. Mm. <laughs> How do you host uh, a group every Wednesday night in your home with young, young, a young mm-hmm. child? You know, we just, my husband and I, we take turns of okay. like putting him to bed. So it okay. is in the evening. So that's really nice. Um, and so we just have gotten our routine down, which 
takes again like commitment and so it's kind of like hey this is when on Wednesday nights this is when we do dinner like this is when he needs to be in the bath like he needs to be in PJs before people walk in the door okay and we'll kind of like turns like hey you clean up dinner we'll start the like I'll go do bath okay um and so when we come down we'll help like light candles or put toys away or things like that but we also made our home really um like easy to clean. And so we have these really nice benches that we pull in for more conversation, like more seating, Okay. but the bench, but specifically wanted them to be benches that were, um, what, like a chest. What would you call those? Like, it's oh, a bit like storage. Yeah. Storage. Okay. <laughs> yeah. 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 And, and so it's dual purpose. So instead of being like, Oh, everything has to go in a particular place, those storage, like, um, benches are a mess, but we're just like, great. Everything just, just gets thrown in there. in there. Yeah. And so we're not about perfection, but at the same time, you're like, yes, we want people to feel like they can w- at least w- walk through the living room. Yes. Which, uh, most times you cannot with the amount of toys. So we're like, yeah, like everything goes in the, the things. Okay. You close them, you move them. It looks like pretty, pretty seating, but yeah. really underneath it's chaos. That's okay. Okay, aren't you loving getting to know Bailey more? We will get right back to our conversation, but just now you heard that one of my goals for the podcast is to create more community. I post most every day on Instagram, and I would love to connect with you. I'm at Friends of a Feather Podcast over there. Also, if you're enjoying listening to the podcast, there's something that I would love if you could do to help me out. Right after the podcast is over, could you scroll up on your screen and when you see the show notes, could you click the iTunes link and go leave a review for the podcast? It really helps others to find the Friends of a Feather community. Thanks, friends. Okay, back to the conclusion of my conversation with Bailey. You said also, I'm sorry I'm quoting you so much, but in the Rooted community, uh, in the Dearly Magazine, do you uh, do you write for them often um, or how often do you do friends, that? I'm friends with Daisy, their um, founder, okay. and so just a few times. Okay, okay. <laughs> well, I loved it and I loved reading and um, you said to create a connected community, you have to spend mm-hmm. connect, consistent time together. Um, and I feel like it's, it's got to be intentional and it's mm-hmm. got to be, um, in person, right? Mm-hmm. So tell mm-hmm. me a little bit about that. Yes. So hundred percent, like, I'm like, I agree with myself. No, hundred <laughs> percent. Yes. It is not only like, Oh, I spent this one time with someone. So now we're going to be friends. It has to be continual. And that's, I think why we're, Tim and I are such big, um, advocates for small groups that are like consistent, meaning some people probably like when we tell them that like besides Christmas and New Year's, like we meet every single Wednesday for an entire year for like over two and a half years because we're just like breaks are not healthy. (laughs) We're like, we want to be together. We need to have consistent, um, like FaceTime to really grow again, just like really grow those relationships. But I think it's also that's, uh, you know, small group is different than friendships, um, because I think, you know, community like is, it's just, they're, they're two different things, they but are. they can overlap. Um, but we also think that friendships, you know, need consistent time as well. And when it comes to that, it's kind of narrowing things down a little bit because it is hard to be consistent with your 20 friends, but it's better to be consistent with your four friends. Mm-hmm. And so, for example, we do a monthly game night with a couple who we thought, hey, this relationship matters to us. And the only way we know that we can like continue to grow as friends 
um, is if we set a time every single month that we are mm-hmm. together. That's and good. of course, like if you see them later, like other times, that is great too. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. we're we're families. We live in different parts of the city. Like it's not that easy. And if we wouldn't set those times, it would probably go would be months before we saw each other. Yeah, um, just because you're you know you're busy, so it's that's almost sure. this like we meet and when we leave, we say this is our next date when we'll see you next month. Okay. Um, and so that has and it's been such a fruitful relationship. Like that's I probably one of our closest friendships, Mm -hmm. but we had to, um, communicate that Mm -hmm. we had to communicate that like, this was important. This is a relationship we want to pursue as like, as a couple, but then also as individual as like, you know, Mm -hmm. wife, women and men. Uh, and so how do we make that happen with our schedules and saying, yeah, this is what we're going to commit to. Um, that's, I think it's so important. Well, and that's so encouraging to me. You're so encouraging. And you just make (laughs) us want to just jump in just with both feet. And that's, I really love that about you. Okay, so let's switch gears a little bit, okay? We talked kind of about um, community. We talked about how you really started this. Um, God Mm -hmm. started working this in your heart. And Mm -hmm. let's talk a little bit about friendship since that is a little bit uh, Mm -hmm. different. Um, How do you, what what are your top three tips of really being that great friend, not just searching for that great friend, but being that great friend. What mm-hmm. is the top three quick tips you got for us? Yes, top three quick tips. I think the first is being able to sow trust. Um, I think if you really want to be a good friend, there has to be trust built up. Um, And that's not something that you just ask for, but something you have to earn. And again, that kind of comes with like, you are consistent, you show up, you are honest, you know, so it's different than that, but that you're really breeding a trust in the relationship so that someone feels safe to go deep with you, safe to tell you um, hard things, um, safe to be themselves. Um, So I think that that's really important. I think another thing is being able to like keep the circle open. So again, I, I'm like, I kind of stand in two camps where I'm like, you know, I think you can really have intimate relationships with very few people, but I've noticed that when another girl comes along or let's say, I don't know, you're doing something and you want to invite, I don't know, 20 people. I, I just notice that. I think when you're a good friend to kind of say like, yes, like that, your sister that came into town, like she could totally come. Like that's, Mm. that's not a threat to our friendships. It's not a threat to our intimacy that we have created. And so I think that I just have noticed, yes, that good friends are ones that still kind of keep the circle open Mm. because it just reminds me as, as someone who receives that or as someone who gives it, it reminds me that they are, I don't know. They're just like, they're open to, they're open to me. Like if they're going to be able to welcome other people so graciously, then if there was a time that they were planning a hike with two girls and I said, Hey, I want to come. And they're like, Oh, sorry. Like it's just a time between us knowing that they would say no, like, yes, like that. Right. You're, we're happy to have you come and genuinely mean that. And um, that's hard, though. I mean, that's really, I think that's hard for women. I mean, I think I would say that's hard for me to open that circle. And so that's a good lesson for us to see, put the put the shoe on the other foot. How would we feel if they said, no, this is just our time? I think that's great. Great tip. All right, one more tip. Um, and then obviously, like, she is pointing her friends to Jesus. Like, you are a good friend when you are reading your Bible. When you're investing in the words, you can pour that back out. 
Um, I think friends, I've noticed again, like friends who ask really good questions, um, who aren't afraid to say, what are you reading in scripture right now? Or what, what are you praying about these days? Mm. Um, and I think just seeing the joy of faith in her, again, just rubs off on you. So again, you being a good friend, all those things in return, like, are you spending time in scripture? Are you asking those good questions? Um, okay. One more question on friendship and then we're going to move on to that eat, read, love segment. Okay. (laughs) Okay. Okay. So Tell me, what do you do with your friends that is life-giving? That's a great question. I think that, like, consistently, it it would be, like, spending just time together. So hanging out in the home, going to a coffee shop, going out to lunch, like, just conversation. Like, I think that is so life-giving. Um, I love when I get to do it without Hunter because then I can really focus on them. Um, and I think that that's great, but also we live in such a beautiful place and I think there is something really special about being out in nature. I don't know what it is, but it's the sunshine feeding us life or just like the smell of being outdoors, but it just, it's like feeding the body. And then also the conversation like feeds your heart. And so Mm. I think if anything, like those are my favorite things is when we get to like go on a walk or go out for an excursion to a hiking trail. Those are truly the best things to do with friends. That's great. And how is the weather now? Because we're in January. Our days, the past two days here in Memphis have been like 65 and beautiful. Um, usually it's going to be tomorrow. It's going to be like 44. (laughs) So it's going to go back down. But what is it like now in January in Denver? You know, it's pretty mild. So it's like in the fifties and sunny. It's sunny over Mm. 300 days of the year. So it's so nice that even on days when it's like 45 degrees, you can wear a t-shirt because the sun is so intense. Yes. Um, so anyway, it's been actually really awesome because we can still get outside and enjoy ourselves. Okay. And so I think the most happy people in the United States have to be, have to live in Denver, Colorado, (laughs) in Colorado (laughs) because y'all have sun. It just makes a difference. I think it really does. It makes a huge difference. Okay, so here's my last um, group of questions. I have an eat, read, love segment. I want to know what you're eating. It could be snack. It could be something that you really like to eat right now. It could be ice cream. It could be anything. And uh, <laughs> what are you reading or a book that you have read in the past that you love? And what do you love in these days? So tell me. Okay, that's eating? great. Eating, um, you know, I feel like I'm always eating popcorn, like maybe oh, yeah. every single day. Okay, I'm eating popcorn. I love it, but I always, I've always loved it my entire life. Yeah. And thankfully, it Hunter loves popcorn. Yes. I'm Salty. sure Liv is gonna love popcorn. So we're yes. just that we just consume way too much of it. Yeah, I love it. <laughs> um, right. reading. So I like to read a fiction and a nonfiction at the same time okay. because nonfiction is just slower, it's slower to get mm-hmm. through. Mm-hmm. Sure. Um, takes more concentration. And so currently reading even better than Eden. By Nancy Guthrie. Okay. And she takes like nine different biblical themes and how that applies to your to your story, like as a disciple. Neat. And it's neat. I'm really liking it. This is the first thing I've ever read by Nancy. And I am very impressed with her writing and with the research and I think also with her spiritual maturity. So Mm, um, I will admit, I think in Christian nonfiction, sometimes it's hard to find um, I don't know, just yeah. all the, all those, all those three things. Yeah. Okay. But also, I just read this great book called The Well-Behaved Woman. 
And it is the story of a woman named Alva Vanderbilt. And it's basically about how she kind of built up the Vanderbilt wealth in like on the East Coast. Okay. And so it's a fiction telling of like a real woman. Um, But I just really liked it. I think I love sassy like heroines. (laughs) And so I'm just kind of like, oh, yeah, like women are awesome. I love it. Doing cool things and things like that. And so the author is like a well-known author. She wrote... Um, like, uh, also a fun novel on Zelda Fitzgerald. And so oh. I like got that at the library. So I could read that next. Cause I really liked this one. Okay. So it's called the well-behaved woman. woman. Mm-hmm. Okay. Sounds good. Mm-hmm. All right. What are you loving these days? Um, loving. I actually asked my husband, I was like, what am I loving these days? <laughs> this morning? And he was like, your maternity coat. And I'm like, oh, you're so right. <laughs> okay. Tell us about it. Um, well, I, when I had Hunter, he was in the um, born in the summer, so I did not have any winter items for pregnancy, and I was just going to let it go. Um, but here we are, like, you know, I'm two months away, and nothing, like, jackets don't fit me, and it's, I'm cold. Yeah. <laughs> so I was like, okay, here's the deal. We're going to spend the money because the jacket is also used for, like, when the baby comes, you can, like, you know, wear your baby, and then there's a little insert so the baby can also, like, be in the jacket with you. Oh, my goodness. So anyway, I'm I'm so happy one that a jacket fits and it's like attractive and comfortable. Okay. And so every day I'm just like, oh, this jacket. <laughs> <laughs> like I'm so grateful for it. So do you wear it around the house or like when you go out or where do you wear um, it all the yeah, time? Wearing, wear it all the time. All the time. And where'd you get it? I got it from a store called Serafina. Okay. And it's a UK store. So even like, I felt like super fancy. Yes. It's the, it's the maternity wardrobe of the Royals, I feel like. So, oh, yes. Um, and I had been eyeing it for such a long time, but told myself like, you yes. don't need it. You don't need it. And then I'm like, wait, but it's like in the morning, it's 20 degrees. Yeah. And I'm, and my jackets don't like zip up. This is not. Yes. You gotta have it. I love that. I think, okay, we yeah. gotta have a picture of that on Insta stories. Okay. Okay, yes, I do. Oh my gosh, I really do. It even has like fur on the hood, like you oh, know, the little so stylish. Fur. Yes, I love it. Okay, so it doesn't zip up. Does it pull over? Um, no, it does zip up, and okay. you like you could wear it as a regular jacket, but there are okay. sides you unzip, kind of like your suitcases. You need more space, and there's oh, those hilarious. little zippers. I love you, that. Like, unzip them, and it yes. like gives you fabric space, oh, so you can still zip it up. That is the best. And if you want to, if you're not having a baby, anybody out there, you can wear it on Thanksgiving. Yeah, you can just wear it. Oh, yeah. Oh, and Thanksgiving. <laughs> when it's yes. like, I need a little space <laughs> to eat a little bit more. Oh, my goodness. That sounds awesome. Okay. I love that. I want to look at, I want to see a picture. Okay. Yeah. All right. So mm-hmm. where can people find you online? Yes. So my website is baileytherley.com. Um, and then, and that's where all my resources are. So that's where you're going to find the devotionals and that's where you're going to find some fun friendship products as well as more like in-depth blog, um, blog posts to help you really dig into your friendships. But then also I feel like the day-to-day community is happening over on Instagram Mm -hmm. and that is just bailey.t.hurley. Um, and so that's, that's where we can keep like talk. 
Yes, daily. yes, and I love that. I love that so much. Um, and I love your t-shirts. Together is better and high fives and friend vibes. I love mm-hmm. those. Super cute. Yes. And so you can find those also. So y'all go follow Bailey. Um, you are exuding joy, Bailey. We are encouraged by you and grateful for you. I'm so glad I found you on Instagram. And um, I am so excited about this episode. So thank you so much for giving your time up um, on your one of two mornings um, <laughs> that Hunter goes and does some other fun stuff. So I really appreciate that so much. Yeah, thank you, Red. Wow, I just loved hearing from Bailey talk about intentionality with building community, the tips she gave us about friendship, and I'm just so encouraged. She shared so much goodness with us, so all of these details about the books and maternity coats that she mentioned will be in the show notes. And while you're there on the show notes, go ahead and leave that review. I will be so grateful. Okay, next week, I get the opportunity to chat with my new friend, Nicole Cole, whom I met at the Story and Soul Weekend. So look forward to that. And in two weeks is the special first time ever Galentine's episode. I bring on a previous guest to chat it up with me about meaningful things we can do for our gal pals this Valentine's Day. Thank you so much for listening. Remember, we're all friends of a feather, so let's stick together. Have a great week, and I'll see you next time. Bye, friends. Y'all know I love to laugh, so we have a one blooper for you. Enjoy. Oh my gosh, what is happening? Huh? Okay. What? Sorry. Are you good? Okay, sorry. A song just started playing. Oh, I, I didn't hear it. What is my computer up to today? I didn't hear it. How funny. Okay. That is totally good. You're fine. You're totally good. Oh my gosh, it's starting again. It wants to sing to us. Okay. <laughs> Y'all, I every time I listen to it, I crack up laughing. She's so sweet. I love you, Bailey.